What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Sixers podcast. And it has been a while. I've been super busy. A lot has been going on. And a lot has been going on with your Philadelphia 76ers. All of a sudden, they are looking like an elite team in the Eastern Conference. Maybe even the team to beat. Uh, They are the three seed, but only one game back from Boston. Three and a half games back from Milwaukee. And Joel Embiid has put himself right back into the MVP conversation. So, let's get right to it. I mean... Let's just talk about so far this month. The Sixers so far in March, um, they've played seven games, and they won six of them. So definitely a great way to start out the month. And the way that the Sixers' big three has been playing is probably the best we've ever seen them um, all play together since probably early last year, right when you know everything kept um, going crazy. They had a few crazy, crazy games when they all joined forces, but... Um, This year, this is the best we've seen them all play together, and that's saying a lot because all three individually have had great seasons. But one by one, um, looking starting with Embiid so far this month, averaging 36.7 points, 6.8 boards, and 4.3 assists to go along with 1.8 blocks. He's played in six of the seven games. He's 60% from the field, 50% from three, and 81.5% from the free throw line. So a lot to unpack there, but wow. 36.7 points so far in his last six games uh, in March, helping the team win. I mean, MVP is looking very promising right now for Joel Embiid. He always seems to do this, pick it up right after All-Star break. The conversation seems like it might be over, then Embiid rocked himself right back into the conversation. But it seems like he's really doing more this year than he's ever done. I guess it helps to have Harden playing at this I mean, almost MVP level if Joel Embiid wasn't here. Um, I mean, Harden this month alone, we'll get to that in a minute, but just some crazy numbers, some absolutely crazy shooting, um, some crazy passing. Of course, probably the best passer in the NBA. I mean, in terms of assists, he is the best passer in the NBA. Um, But the way him and Embiid have been working together this month, and even, you know, just the season in general, has been so unbelievably remarkable. I don't think I've ever seen a duo play this well into each other's strengths. And I guess by that, I mean more of like a big man guard duo, um, two superstars being paired up and just working exactly how it was planned. I mean, you see James Harden come up with the ball, you know, whether he, he starts with his dribble and no matter what, either creating space for himself, usually he'll end up doing some type of crossover into the paint, kind of weaseling his way around, either finding himself open for a floater or a layup, but most of the time kicking it back out when Joel will kind of flash to that high post area, maybe the elbow, maybe even the top of the key, depending on where the defense is playing. But the way the two of them just kind of read each other's games and know where each other are going to be is just so great to watch as a Sixers fan, watching this experiment pay off literally perfectly um winning 11 of our last 14 games finally looking like the team we we really knew we could be all season um i don't know if the sixers have ever went into the playoffs feeling this confident um in the play of course they're not going into the playoffs right now so i don't want to talk prematurely but maybe at this point of the season i don't know if the sixers have been this confident since they had jimmy butler i don't know if they were this confident when they had jimmy butler um I mean, Embiid and Harden, when both of them are playing like this, is simply ridiculous. Add Tyrese Maxey into the fold, and the three of them have given you uh, 82 points per game in this month. It's a pretty good sign, especially considering, you know, we've had some good opponents, some tough road games, and the Sixers have stayed strong. They look better than ever playing these tough opponents. They look like they're ready for the challenge. They play up to their competition. They haven't played down to their competition quite as much this year as we've seen in years past, which has been absolutely, you know, super fun to watch Um, them just take care of business more than usual. They still have their occasional off nights against some, some rough teams, but... It's been really nice, especially of late, to see the Sixers really playing as well as they have. 
So as I mentioned, James Harden this month so far, averaging 23.2 points a game, 6.7 rebounds, which is only 0.1 less than Embiid, to go along with 11.7 assists per game in his six games that he has played so far. And he's doing this very efficiently, 45% from the field, 43.5 from three, um, on 3.3 made threes per game, and 93% from the line. Another stat that jumped off the page to me is he has been plus 36 in his six games. Embiid has just been plus six. Of course, I'm not taking away from Embiid. He's played phenomenal. A lot of those, uh, you know, they've went on some runs when Embiid was the only guy on the floor. Um, He was in uh, the Timberwolves game that was maybe a little more competitive than the game that Harden uh, played that Embiid missed. But either way, Harden influences the game phenomenally. When Harden is on the floor, I as a Sixers fan feel comfortable that we will end up getting a good shot on every single possession. Well, most possessions. I don't want to say every possession. That's getting a little bit ahead of myself. But James Harden gives us a better chance than Joel Embiid to get a good shot every possession. Am I saying that James Harden is better on offense or that he's a better player? No, I'm not. But I do know that Harden sets up for his teammates. He spaces the floor. I mean, You know, he was the MVP for a reason at one point. He was putting up 36 points per game like Embiid's doing right now. He's been through all this. He knows how offense runs through a player. So he knows how to run the offense through Joel Embiid. Of course, it's different than, you know, the 6'5 guard that's sitting step back threes the whole game. Of course, Joel's beastly, you know, 20 free throws and five dunks and, you know, just dominating the pain as he does is a different style but James Harden is willing to embrace that style and bring his own style of that flashiness you know those step back threes but with that combination of that step back and now the drive being able to dish into the paint to a dominant center that you almost have to double team Harden has had so much freedom and that has what allowed this offense and James Harden to absolutely flow and another player that has allowed the offense to flow this month so far has been Tyrese Maxey. He has re-entered the starting lineup, and finally Tyrese Maxey is back. It was frustrating watching him on the bench. Oh my god, it was so frustrating. He was just, oh, he wanted to be out there in the starting lineup, if you could see it. And right when he got back in the starting lineup, seven games in March so far, averaging 22 points a game. Boom, Tyrese Maxey is back, and his shooting has been unbelievable. 57 from the field. 53.7 from three has not missed a free throw all month so far. Boom. Tyrese Maxey winning games for the Sixers in the starting lineup. He's back in the starting lineup. Doc Rivers, please, public service announcement, keep him there. Not only is it good for him, it is good for Melton. Double-digit points in his last three, getting more steals again, playing better in his bench role, and everything is working. So don't touch it. Please, Doc Rivers, I beg you. You're coaching phenomenally right now. Everything is working. So just let it continue. The only decision he's going to have to make is about the rotation in the playoffs. And again, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, so as I mentioned, Tyrese Maxey. Um, you know, with all of those ridiculous stats that he's been putting up, he's plus 44 this month in his seven games. So Tyrese Maxey is impacted winning in a big way. We've seen him show up in a lot of fourth quarters, playing some dominant basketball. You know, he has just looked like his old self, and it's perfect time of year. If Tyrese Maxey was going to struggle, I would say the time period he struggled was literally perfect for him to struggle, but don't do it again. <laughs> okay, we've got this out of the way. The big three has been going absolutely nuts Got to give credit where credit is due. Another player I want to give a lot of credit to, um, I'm not going to pull up any stats for this dude because they're not needed, is P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker, just watch the games. That's all I'm going to say. If you watch the games, you know P.J. Tucker is a dog. 
His defense since All-Star break, phenomenal. His shooting has gotten better, but that's never going to be the story with P.J. Tucker. I don't care how many threes he laces from the corner. P.J. Tucker's defense in the last couple of games for the Sixers, and really just the second half of the season, and pretty much the whole season, just ridiculous. I mean, you saw him his in that Bucks game. He was an absolute dog. He was playing his heart out, you know, guarding Giannis, guarding whoever. It didn't matter, and he played really well. Of course, Giannis still had a big night. But the Sixers being able to steal that one in Milwaukee, in my opinion, the game of the year for the Sixers, maybe even the game of the year in the NBA. Joel Embiid's dagger three was sick. James Harden played his best game in a Sixers uniform, dropping 38, 9, and 10. Uh, just wanted to get that out of the way because that was a super fun game to watch. Um, but, yeah, as, as I was saying, P.J. Tucker's defense, man, has been so beautiful to have. I love having it on our team. You know, I think the money was worth it, especially you're going to see getting into the playoffs. And fans are like, you know, everywhere at the game. All I hear is like, oh, he's going to score three points tonight. He makes a shot. They're like, that's all he's going to give you. Like, okay, how about the six rebounds that he got on, or like the four offensive rebounds. He saves possessions. He dives on the floor. He draws fouls. He does things. He gets in the other team's head and he is valuable. And I, the real NBA fans know, real basketball fans watch the Sixers, and they see PJ Tucker's impact. Look, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying to you guys who think he's bad, I'm not gonna be like, you guys don't know, whatever. But just try to give PJ Tucker a little bit more credit than you are giving him currently, because he most definitely deserves it. I had my moments frustrated with PJ when he was scoring zero every game. Look, it's frustrating. Because you look at the statute after the game, you look at a loss, you say, one of your starters scored zero points in 30 minutes. Like, oh, that sucks. P.J. Tucker has just done everything the Sixers have asked as of recently. He's gotten better as the seasons went on, which for a player of his age is absolutely ridiculous. So just shout out to P.J. Tucker. That's it. I'm I'm leaving it there. And we're going to jump to the big topic on everyone's mind. More important than any of the shenanigans. The MVP conversation. As I mentioned, Joel Embiid has skyrocketed himself right back into that conversation. The current odds stand is Jokic minus 175 and Embiid plus 220. Drastically different than even like a couple days ago where Embiid was plus 450. Uh, Jokic was minus some, some absurd number as well. Um, look, Embiid's climbing. The analysts are taking note. The votes are starting to flip a little bit. It's no longer the Jokic is the guaranteed MVP. Look, the Nuggets have lost three in a row. Um, at the time I'm recording this, they're currently losing to the Raptors. Not sure if they're going to win or lose that game. But the Sixers are tied in record with them. And the Nuggets have had a nice surrounding cast for Jokic this year. Uh, look, he doesn't have the All-Stars. He doesn't have James. I mean, technically, hey, Neither does Embiid. Embiid had no other All-Stars on his team. If you're not going to give James Harden an All-Star appearance, then guess what? He had no other All-Stars on his team. So Embiid and Jokic technically both sitting here with zero other All-Stars. Similar record, but I feel like Embiid's impact has just been ridiculous on both ends. Embiid's defense has jumped tremendously since the start of the season. He's been given it all he's got, and this end-of-the-year stretch is huge. And I really think the what, what differentiates them is their 1v1 matchup when Embiid took the win, dominated Jokic, scoring 40 plus, what, 49? So, like, Jokic had a good game, but Embiid dominated that matchup. And now they play one more time at the end of the year. I'm excited to see how that one goes. But in my mind, Joel Embiid has the slight edge. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be biased a little bit. But I, I really think Embiid has that edge, especially, you know, I know they like to say uh, voters for T, whatever, doesn't count. Three years in a row is a lot for an MVP candidate. So if it's close... And the Sixers are ending the year on this hot streak, and that's what people remember. Joel Embiid 
is looking like he has a good shot of winning the MVP. Would make a city of Philadelphia so excited. Would make me so excited. He deserves it so much. Look, this is. I think this is the year for him, man. Like, I really think this is the year for him. I said it when his odds were plus twenty five hundred, plus fifteen hundred. I got some bet slips to back it up. But look, I'm not here to brag. I'm just here to say Joel Embiid is hooping. Joel Embiid is playing maybe the best basketball I've seen him play in a long time. Look, I don't want to say in his career because look, what what kind of stretch are you measuring? But it's definitely up there. I mean, hit the game winner against Portland. He's just dropping 40 points left and right like it's nothing. Playing really well with the team. You know, just scoring really like a ton of points in a little amount of time and securing games early. The Sixers are really on a tear and it's awesome to watch. But let's get to this playoff talk because we are almost there. And the Sixers need to start making some, figuring some things out with their rotation. I really like what they've been doing as of late. Um, Dan Whitehouse has been getting a couple more minutes. Of course, uh, McDaniel's getting injured, what played into that a little bit, but it really feels like the Sixers are trying to hone out their, their rotation. Of course, the starting lineup, I'm not going to repeat it because I do every single time, but the starting lineup is solidified. Melton is solidified. And I, I think Paul Reed is solidified as the backup center. And I think that's it. That's all I could say for sure. I think Shake will get minutes because they need another guard off the bench. I think McDaniels has to get minutes because you made the move for him and he's playing phenomenally. I, I love uh, McDaniels. And then you got House and Niang. It seems like Niang would probably get the minutes because he's the shooter. If you need defense, you go House. It seems like there's a lot of lineups you can make with those six guys along with the starters that would play out in a lot of numerous situations that could be beneficial for the Sixers. Look, you need shooting. You have the shooting. You can you can put out a lineup of you know Niang at the four, Joel at the five. You can have shooting all over the court. PJ can hit. I mean, Dan Welly's even hitting some threes now and then. You need defense. You put out McDaniel's and House, D'Anthony Melton. There's three great defenders off your bench. Paul Reed is an athletic four. You can even put it alongside Joel and bead maybe they don't do it often is it possible yes but look i'm gonna i guess i'm gonna save this talk but i'm just really excited for the playoffs so i just wanted to put this out here like keep note of who's playing with who and who's playing well with who because that's pretty likely what we're going to start to see is preparation for the playoffs a couple more things before we end this episode um gotta give my uh, daily episode shout out to george niang he's back on track um he's been hitting some big shots I think George Niang is going to be a playoff hero. Look, I think uh, I'm biased. Yes, I'm biased, okay? But you look at all the big games the Sixers have won this year, and so many of them have been so heavily influenced by bang-bang George Niang's fourth quarters and third quarters, shooting the basketball. I mean, a couple games I can remember, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, it wasn't even shooting the basketball that he influenced it. He got picked up a tech on Ben. Um, the, the Bucks game, as I mentioned, the Knicks game on Christmas, he got hot. Look, I'm not going to... The Celtics game, he got high. I'm not going to... I mean, we did... Of course, we didn't win that game. But um, Niang influenced that game to keep it competitive. But look, does that mean he needs to be in the playoff rotation? I mean, if we need defense, maybe not. Maybe you bring him in for a couple minutes, try to hit a couple big shots. If he's not feeling it, you put him back on the bench. I don't know. But all I know is I'm happy to have George Niang as a piece off the bench. You know, to have a four who doesn't need to handle the ball at all, just comes up and can hit some big shots for you. It's really nice to see. And it's really nice to have. So I think that will be exciting in the playoffs, especially if he can play a little less defense than he did last year in the playoffs. But um, one last note is Dwayne Dedmond signed with the Sixers, and he's not seen the court except for garbage time. 
I wonder what what the thought process was. I mean, is there a specific situation that he's being saved for? Is he just being saved for playoffs? Because Nerlens Noel became available, and that's apparently who the Sixers wanted. They made no move to go get him. He eventually signed with the Nets, which kind of irrelevant, but um, just kind of weird. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what Doc has up his sleeve, but I'm sure every Sixers fan is a little like, you know, we make a signing and don't play the guy, and he's 30, what is he, 35 years old or something. Maybe not quite that old, but... Seems weird. Seems like when you sign a guy of that age, he'd make an immediate uh, appearance. But anyway, Sixers are playing absolutely phenomenal. It's been awesome to watch. Joel Embiid, MVP watch. Um, Going to start hopefully being more consistent. And not hopefully. I will start being more consistent. Been super crazy recently. But I'm so excited for the rest of the season and the playoffs. So as always, thank you guys for staying with me. Thank you guys for listening. And make sure to keep trusting that process. 